welcome to Design Me a House. My name is Dawn Oliveira, textile designer and educator, and with me today is my co-host, Katie Hutchison, architect, author, designer. And this is episode 17, what we're calling bonus episode number two of our season two, and we'll get our season three on track soon enough. (laughs) So this is episode 17, and we have a guest today. You want to take yes. over, Katie? Yes, I'm going to read a bio for our guest with us today is Florence McGregor. Um, Florence McGregor grew up in rural Vermont and studied environmental science and policy at Smith College. For the last seven years, she has worked with NESI, the Northeast Sustainable Energy Association, and was appointed executive director in November. In this role, she works closely with the board of directors, staff, and members of the community to advance Nessie's mission. She has worked as a barista, a toy seller, a newspaper columnist, an au pair in Ireland, and she has presented about the intersection of environmentalism and feminism at conferences in the United Arab Emirates and the United Kingdom. She currently resides with her family in the Pioneer Valley of Western Massachusetts. She is an enthusiastic home chef, avid backpacker, and a devoted student of circus aerials. Welcome, Florence. Yeah, we like that last part. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to be here. So, Florence, I um, wondered if you would give me permission to read the alternative bio you sent. Oh, um, absolutely, Katie. Thank you for asking. That was my uh, cure for my writer's block, but sure, go for it. So um, when we always ask our guests to provide us with these little bios, and it's easy for us to just kind of read and give you an idea who they are. So we asked Florence and she sent us two bios. And so we read you the kind of the more standard bio that we typically receive. But this was... um, her first pass, which originally Florence, I thought this, cause I was just reading it on my phone. I thought this was going to be the only pass. And I was like, okay, this is incredibly awesome, but how am I going to present this? So <laughs> here is another alternative bio of Florence. Florence has worked as a nanny in Ireland, attended surf camp in Bali, turned a cartwheel inside of a glacier, hiked to a penguin colony in Patagonia, kayaked through a bioluminescent luminescent bay am i saying that right mm-hmm. ridden an elephant in the world's oldest jungle presented on environmental feminism at a conference in the united arab emirates jammed at the largest ukulele festival in europe camped under mount fitzroy in argentina and was in her first flying trapeze show on her 31st birthday awesome right Brava. totally <laughs> When I, I, I described, I mentioned this to Zon, when I was talking to my husband about who we were having on today, I said, yes, she sent a bio and it's like she's a young 007. So <laughs> totally awesome. That, we'll never have another bio like that. I know, That's right? So yeah. thank you for that. So Florence, um, we are thrilled to have you here. And we wanted to talk to you about Nessie and also this upcoming big conference that you guys have. Mm-hmm. Can you just introduce our listeners if they don't know already, and, and they may not. I suspect, you know, our typical homeowner listener probably is not familiar with Nessie, N-E-S-E-A, for those who are unfamiliar. Can you just tell us a little bit about what it is and, and, and what they do and what you do? Um, Nessie is a nonprofit organization. Our territory at the 10 states in the Northeast We've been around for 47 years, although I have not worked for Nessie for 47 years. Uh, 
our name has changed a little bit over that time, but our initials have stayed the same, and our mission has slightly changed, and the area of our work has changed, but it's always been about cultivating community around sustainability in the energy sector in the built environment. Last year, our board of directors adopted a new strategic plan, which included a new mission statement and a new vision statement. And um, the mission statement is a little bit wordy, so I won't read that, but I wanted to read our vision because I think it's really important um, when we're talking about, so we'll talk about in this interview, maybe some of the programs that we run and some of the ways that we execute our work, but it's helpful to hear why are we doing this? And so right, exactly. our, our vision, we envision a vibrant and resilient built environment that supports climate justice and equity. And I must say, I am incredibly proud and feel very privileged to be able to start my workday every day knowing that that is what we're all working towards together. And so tell us a little bit about your membership. Who are members of Nessie? So it is an interesting question because we have both members and also what we call community members. So as a nonprofit, there are individuals, organizations who can pay dues to have certain benefits and rights and responsibilities, but there's also lots of people that we call members of our community that maybe don't pay the dues but still participate in our programming, come to our conferences, come to our event. Primarily, we serve professionals working in the built environment, so contractors, architects, engineers, Uh designers, vendors, but also people who have a stake in that mission statement that I said before and whose work touches that. So we have lots of other nonprofits. We have folks that work in government positions. We have um, folks from academia. Also, increasingly, we have emerging professionals who are just at the start of their career or their career exploration who want a piece of that sustainable mission. So for our listeners, we have, uh, I'm assuming, we don't know for sure, we suspect that our listeners are a lot of homeowners. We kind of target the show often to kind of the single family um, residence audience. Um, Both Dawn and I work in the custom single family design realm. Um, If someone is a homeowner and not a nonprofit or an academic or some of these other groups that you mentioned, can they attend your events? Can they um, participate? And if so, how might they do that? That's a great question. And absolutely, um, not everyone we serve is coming at it with a professional lens on. Some people are coming with a climate justice lens on. They love to learn. They're interested in learning how to decarbonize their own homes, homes either that they have already or that they're planning to build in the future. So some folks do sign up and come to the conference, sometimes just to walk the trade show floor and learn about products and vendors that are available uh, for their future projects. Also, one of the um, most common ways that I would say that homeowners can participate with our organization is by going to events in our Pro Tour series. Those are half-day accredited tours of high-performance projects across the Northeast. And we have one really great success story. There is a couple in New Hampshire that when they were getting ready to build what I think is you know, going to be their forever home, they went to several Nessie Pro Tours of homes that they wanted to learn about across two states, lots of road trips, and like, let's go. And it's kind of like a date to go learn about a project. And, right. And mm-hmm. they ended up taking a lot of what they learn from those events and then putting it into their own home. And this year, their home will be featured on that Pro Tour series. Oh, that's fantastic. So it's a really great that story of what they learned by going to network and be able to really ask questions directly. 
tell us a little bit because I'm familiar with the Pro Tours only because I've attended the Building Energy Conference. Maybe tell us a little bit about what your big conference is. So Building Energy Boston is our sort of our flagship event, how we usually describe it. It is an event every spring in Boston. It's been going on for a couple of decades now, and it's a conference that is two days of accredited sessions. There's a trade show. There's product demos. We have community events that happen around. So it's two days of intensive learning and networking and there's something kind of special because there are people who have been going to this conference for more than 30 years, including before oh, wow. it was happening in Boston. There's a member yeah. who I talk to fairly regularly, and I know that his first conference was the year that I was born. Um, <laughs> so there are some folks who are every year brand new, and it's their first Nessie event, and they're really excited to start learning the content. But there are some people for whom the content side of it they're there for that, but it's almost secondary to the family reunion vibes of getting a chance to see their <laughs> collaborators and people that they've known in the industry for years and years. So um, I know that um, at the Building Energy Conference, one of the opportunities is to sign up for something you just described as the Pro Tour. Are Pro Tours offered um, at other times outside of the conference? Yes. So our Pro Tour series runs each year from March to December. They're always on Friday afternoons. And depending on what was submitted and what our member committee selected, they can be anywhere in the 10 states in the Northeast. This year, it looks like we're going to be having 14 events, again, March through nice. December. And we're going to be releasing the full schedule ahead of the conference so people can kind of oh, plan their year around those events. Awesome. And so if someone's listening, if they wanted to learn about both building energy and or I guess I should say pro tours that aren't happening during that event, um, what's the website for you guys? How do they find out? It's NESEA.org. So for Northeast Sustainable Energy Association.org. You see why we call it Nessie, like the Loch Ness Monster? Because the yes. full name is a bit of a mouthful to say so often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So and um, they could, these homeowners that I'm imagining might attend this event, they would pay like a small fee, right? To go to the building energy, like you have a, a fee for them, people who aren't builders or architects or whatnot. Yes. For folks who are just interested in coming to start building their connections and um, who maybe aren't as interested in needing to rack up their CEUs by sitting in on every session, we do have a trade show only price option, which can be a really accessible way for people to start getting involved, which is $50 for people who aren't members. Okay. Uh, and that's just a good way to get your feet wet. Sure. And then they might, while they're there, what if they decided they wanted to attend something? Could they do that impromptu or would they have to do sign up in advance if they decided that they wanted to set up you'd be very welcome to go check in with our staff that will be at registration and they can take okay. care of you don you're learning about this uh yeah this is all very new to me but i'm i'm sitting here listening and i'm wondering for people like our listeners our general homeowners if they attended this pro tour or conference and they met with i don't know vendors i mean who are the people that a, a regular homeowner would connect with at one of these pro tours? Are they heating and electricity people? Are they solar energy people? I guess you can find all that out on the website, but maybe you could just mention a few. 
if I were to go, say, you know, yeah. as a, just a homeowner, I'm not an architect. Sure. Well, the part of the secret sauce of why we think that people really like the Pro Tour series, why it's so popular, is that it's never just one speaker at any event. We always have at least three people who have worked on the project that we're looking at who can all offer a really different professional Insight. perspective. So it might be that the architect is there. It might be the person who did the weatherization on a retrofit. It might be that the builder is there. So one thing that could be really helpful is if people are looking either because they know that they're going to be building or improving their own properties and they're looking to connect with vendors or they it's just an idea that they might be interested in learning to have a more carbon neutral home but they don't know where to start right it's so valuable to actually be able to ask a human questions in person right yeah. and, and really seeing these projects I, I've gone on at least one of these you had a pro tour one time out on Martha's Vineyard and I went on that one and what oh okay so we were both there um, so on that tour, I mean, what's great is you, you, you walk around the house, you're in someone's, you know, with someone's private okay. residence and you're walking around the house and the person's presenting, um, has some type of role in the project. Like you said, it could be a builder or an architect or uh, someone who did something with the, um, energy, uh, part of the building. And you look at their systems. Like I remember we spent some time in what I think was the equivalent of the basement, you know, looking at the systems. Um, but then you're also in the living space and you're kind of looking at the mm -hmm. windows and you're getting the sense of the quality of the light and the finishes. Oh, that's really um, interesting. And then I'd you like ask, to do that. Yeah, you ask whatever comes to mind, right? So if they're telling you about um, the insulation, you know, you right. ask about that. So it's really pretty informal. Okay. I don't know um, typically how many you have on these tours, Florence. I feel like there were like maybe 20 people on the one I was on. Well, that's quite a bit. I think there were about, um, four, about 40 for that one. Okay, or maybe 40. But we break into small groups and um, talk with different uh -huh. speakers and that's another one of the components that really makes it work because as Katie is saying, you can ask questions because you're in a small group setting with each speaker and you everyone right. will have that time with each speaker. So you don't have to choose, do I most want to talk to the person who designed the PV system or do I most want to talk to the person who designed um, the passive house envelope on the addition. You get to hear from both right. and to talk to both. And then it can be really helpful for people to hear what other questions there are in the room too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and it's just kind of fun. Like if, if you're, um, if you're interested in this kind of stuff and like scrolling the web, um, reading stuff, it's just kind of a hard way to learn things, I think. Yeah. So kind of like being in the environment and, and talking to the experts themselves and, you know, it's just, and plus there's other people there who are learning stuff. So it's just, it's kind of almost a form of entertainment. I, I mean, I think I did it partly just for the entertainment of it. Um, yeah. And now I just want to say also that for, for the average homeowner, the cost of energy, gas, electricity, have only it's only gone up in the last year it's gone up a lot i see it in my bills so sure. from from my perspective as a general homeowner about to be a homeowner i would like to know personally what are the costs of trying to make my home more efficient solar panels might be one there are lots of incentives to do that exactly in rhode island and other ways to do that just so that it's not out of control 10 years from now. I have no idea. We have no idea what the, these big companies are going to do energy-wise, cost-wise. 
So I would think this would be pretty fascinating. Oh, it is. And right now, I mean, like uh, heat pumps are all the rage, right? So there's a huge incentive heat pumps. There's a huge incentive program for heat pumps. And I imagine if you went to one of these pro tours, you could learn a lot about that. Um, So one thing you mentioned, um, Florence, I want to come back to is you mentioned something about emerging professionals. Tell me a little bit about um, how they how they fit into Nessie and what you folks are gearing towards them. Well, there's a few different um, components that we do with emerging professionals, and one of the main things that we think about and that was articulated in that same strategic plan that was ratified last year is it's cultivating the next generation workforce, particularly as you were just mentioning with changes moving towards more electrification and increasing demand for high performance work. We know that there's going to be legislation and demand driving a huge, huge need for more people doing this work and there aren't enough people in the pipeline. So Mm -hmm. we see our role as helping bring people in and connect them to people who are already in the space who can provide training, job opportunities, mentorship. Um, A couple of things that we have that are just creating on-ramps into the Um, high performance building sector include um, anything from like relatively light touch easy like we have really special discounts on membership and pricing for tickets for students and others from the academic community and also emerging professionals Um, but we also have a special level of membership for schools so like Tufts is a Nessie member and then membership status is conferred to all of their students and faculty who want to be a part of it. Uh, We also have a scholarship program around our conferences and other programming and it's not just great you've completed an application here's your pass good luck out there. We know that for a student coming into their first professional conference that that's just not quite enough so instead we do some matchmaking and we pair students coming to the conference on scholarship with an established member of our community who's really knowledgeable, has similar interests, and we have a networking lunch where you can actually sit around a table with people who are there to learn about you, give you advice, tell you which session you should drop by later, and um, also that can really help with connections around looking for internships, looking for co-op opportunities. Mm -hmm. For the last year, um, well, yes, starting in the last year, we've been running a program, a career exploratory program with the Compliance Mentor Group based out of Boston. It's a year-long program for students from Voc Tech High Schools who are interested Uh in getting exposure to the AEC industry and who maybe have that interest already, know that there's going to be some jobs available. Their teachers keep telling them to be interested in this, but they don't know what does that mean, what does that look like. So we're essentially Mm -hmm. running what is based on the pro tour format a month. So it's a field trip a month to a different high performance project where the experts are telling them about their job and like what they do. And it's not delivered the same way it would be for a professional audience. It's um, definitely toned down, but to say, I'm an engineer and I worked on this project. What does that mean? What is my schooling? What is my background? Um, And we're trying to show that there's lots of different career pathways because again, there's there's gonna be a big demand, we know that, and lots of different types of skill sets. Maybe you wanna swing a hammer or maybe you wanna be the person at the office who answers the phone and helps um, coordinate meetings. Like that's an opportunity too. So I'm thinking, cause Dawn, your, Dawn has a son who's a contractor. Yeah, um, and literally Katie, last night he was talking about, he and another contractor he knows, builder, carpenter, starting classes, teaching, 
with them teaching skill, each of them yeah teaching the basic carpentry skills because the local high schools aren't doing it anymore ah. they, used to, they used to have kids build houses back 10 years ago 15 years ago yeah. they don't do anything went from a house to a shed to nothing yeah so there aren't there aren't the, the courses to take so this is fascinating to me tell us because I, I was reading just a little bit Florence about this year's building energy conference um and I'm sure it it um, changes, evolves from year to year. Um, but I saw something in there about a, a collaboration with the German consulate and Upper Austria Trade Commission to bring cutting edge products and information products. from Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know what those products are. <laughs> tell, talk a little bit about that um, aspect of this year's conference. Well, that uh, you're referring to one of the sessions that will be offered. And we have. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. We have. Um, we have a fairly long-standing relationship with those folks and they're often presenting at our conference which is something that's really great because for those who are listening who maybe don't know um, but maybe wouldn't be surprised to find out that a lot of the high performance technologies and methods that have been adopted more recently in the U.S. originate in Europe and so in some ways they're ahead of the game not in all aspects but it is kind of cool for professionals to be able to have uh, Europe come to us and show us what they're working on, what's new, totally. and to be able to get that opportunity. Yeah. I can think of just a few products. I mean, I, I, as an architect, I think um, those of us who are in the single family custom home world are familiar with some of the European, maybe specifically German window products. What's another um, like sector th that they're contributing to that we should be paying attention to in this realm? Well, when I'm asked that question, what I actually think of is less the future, but more the past, which is that the mm -hmm. passive house standard developed in Europe. Yes. And that's, of course, been, um, you know, there's passive house and there's also now PHI, which is passive house international. And that might be a bit jargony, but essentially it's just it's a standard um, that you can use to build new buildings, including residential buildings, but also schools, office buildings, uh, larger projects, too, so that uh, buildings are operating using as little of energy as possible, hence passive. Right. And that's something that started in Europe and was brought over in, in many ways through people in the Nessie community to be able to be spread out wide and far. Yeah. And I know in most, in many of those projects, there are the German windows, right? There's the fabulous tilt turn, triple glazed windows. You can go very deep on any one of these sustainable enterprises, right? I mean, or, or elements, mm. I guess I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I was just trying to think of other than windows. I mean, I know there's um, ground source heat pumps. I don't know if that's a particular realm of and German engineering. Insulation, insulation the, I don't think of as being. What, what do you think, Florence? I mean, insulation, I feel like there's a lot of American uh, U.S. products mm -hmm. um, for insulation. Uh, but, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. This is why you attend mm -hmm. such a conference. Yes, yes perhaps. <laughs> I should. One of the things that I've been learning more about is... Um, wood fill insulation, which is something that's been happening in Europe more for a long time, but increasingly it looks like a good opportunity to be American made and there are more companies getting into that space too. So Ooh. tell us what that is. What's wood fill insulation? So it's, uh, I guess it's, it's sort of just what it sounds like. And right now I feel a little bit nervous because I have a particular company in mind, but I don't know if I should buzz market them. Um, okay. but they will because they're a sponsor of our conference, but, um, if you come to the conference, it's a Timber HP, which is currently being brought to you by GoLabs, and that's going to be launching later this year. And it's really interesting to think about uh, wood fill based insulation that will be made 
here in the U.S., um, it will be produced in Maine, which is like really interesting when we're looking at. Maine is cutting edge with this in this arena. I have to say. I mean, I feel like a lot of um, the, the presenters at the conference. I feel like a lot of them come from Maine, and maybe it's because it's really? so cold in Maine <laughs> and Vermont that they need this like incredible super insulation, insulation and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. So wood fill. I'm just trying to think. Is it like wood? Yeah. Fibers? Is it is it like waste that's being used? That would be interesting. In this case, it isn't. But in this case with a particular okay. company that I, it's, as I said, they're new and I've just been learning about mm -hmm. them recently. What's interesting with their story is that, you know, a lot of uh, production jobs have left Maine that used to be from timber or paper mills. And so that's like a new space that they can expand into because Maine has the, the great North wood. Right. So we just learned something today, you and I, John, about like one mm -hmm. of the products that might be there. So that is kind of cool when you walk the trade floor and just kind of see what's yeah. going on. I mean, a lot of it will seem familiar, but even if it's a familiar manufacturer, they always have like, you know, the, the latest and the greatest, right, mm -hmm. the new products. Um, mm -hmm. So the trade floor is just like one aspect. I mean, architects who might be listening, um, a lot of us attend these events, frankly, for our continuing ed credits. So like I go to the workshops, you know, um, but I think I, I kind of like this emerging professional angle, you know, that someone could get in there, um, you know, at a discounted perhaps student rate or whatnot. And yes. it might be their first time going to something like this and, you know, checking out the trade floor. Um, is there ever any kind of um, exhibit at the Building Energy Conference of, I mean, I'm not thinking you know, three-dimensional pro tour type things, but I'm thinking of perhaps the throwback to the old Build Boston conference um, where there would be um, printed works up of people's work in this realm. Is that anything that happens, Florence? We don't have any sort of poster session. Okay. Um, never mind. Perhaps in the future, it could you could have one. It would be all for, you know, sustainable projects. Um you do have a publication. Do you want to talk about that? We do. And I have this handy, not because I knew you were going to ask about that, but just because it lives <laughs> on my desk. So um, each year we publish Building Energy magazine, and it's something that is, I work closely on that program, and it's all just like our other programs are. It's uh, members of our community submit ideas around a theme, and then we work with a committee of NESI members to choose what do we think is going to be the most interesting, most relevant to the rest of the community, and that's how we develop the content. We were really proud and got great feedback around our most recent issue, which was the workforce development issue. Um, oh, neat. We looked at mm -hmm. um, submissions looking at all aspects of workforce development, and our committee picked some that we thought highlighted a good breadth of options. Something that was really wonderful, although perhaps not surprising, is that many of the articles, I think all but perhaps one, um, talked about the connection between workforce development in its different stages and social justice and equity, which is mm. really important to mm. Nessie to continue to promote that linkage and to the sustainability field at large. And how often does the uh, magazine come out? It comes out once per year. Um, it comes out every fall. Uh, we will have sorry winter it comes out every winter and we'll have copies of that workforce development issue available at the conference for free 
who is who's getting that? Okay, so you're distributing it at the conference. Are like is every member getting a copy? How's it distributed or to whom? Oh, sure. It has a distribution of about 3,700 per issue. So it goes out to uh, every member, but also folks who have recently attended events. And then there are some folks that just ask for multiple copies to be sent to them, like schools sometimes ask for multiple copies so that they can distribute them. Um, so folks who are very the most engaged in our programming are the people who get that sure. um, in the Northeast and beyond. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, goals for Nessie. So you're saying you've been around a long time. You've had several name changes. Um, what's what's next? What, what do you think? What do you see on your horizon for Nessie? I think that the kind of the next thing that we're working on is to continue to build our collaborations with other organizations. Last year, hmm. our board of directors ratified a new strategic plan, as I mentioned, with some very lofty and wonderful goals, but they're goals mm -hmm. that we might not be able to reach all by ourselves, um, which is kind of liberating to realize that that is true. And mm -hmm. instead to be reaching out to other organizations who do complementary work to see how can we build partnerships? How can we help to amplify the work that one another is doing? So there are, that's kind of a broad answer, but it's a, a fun thing for us to get to be thinking about is how can we collaborate with others? Uh, one of the things I really love about my particular job is that uh, while Nessie has almost 4,000 dues paying members, businesses or organizations, and a couple thousand more folks than that who participate in our programming, we have a staff of just eight people. Uh, we have a okay. board of 13. So it's like we have a small tight crew that know each other really well. Mm -hmm. But we have all of these members that engage with us all the time on different programmings, through volunteering, through attending events. So you feel like you have way more colleagues than that because uh, we're all working right. towards this mission together. And I'm excited about the idea of formalizing that more and more moving forward. And um, when you do these collaborations, would they still be Northeast centered, um, like not expanding geographically? Not any time in the near future would we be expanding. Our territory is pretty set. Also, mm -hmm. we'd have to think of a different um, words to justify our acronym. I know, you'd have to come away. up with, yeah, what, can, what else can It went from mean? New England to Northeast, but we could keep those same letters. <laughs> so now, having read your young uh, 007 bio, what for you, Florence, is your particular draw to this sustainable sector and, and this particular gig that you have? Well, the particular gig, I think it's part of what I was just saying. I really am passionate about community building, relationship building, working with people to collaborate. I, I like solving problems. Um, I know I caused a couple problems coming onto this recording because I was having <laughs> some audio issues, but I like being a problem solver and looking at things analytically. While um, those are not things everybody likes to do, so it's really fun to be able to pitch in. Um, I meant it earlier when I said I really believe in our vision statement. I think it's incredibly important. It's vital for decarbonization work to be happening, to be promoting those linkages between social and environmental justice. I have a one-year-old and I think about what the future for him will be like and I feel very privileged to be able to be working in a job where I'm not the one out there decarbonizing projects or electrifying buildings, but I'm able to support the work and the learning and the needs of the people who are and have um, kind of this 
overarching sense of what's going on and particularly being able to help new people get into the space. Do you yourself own a house that you consider to have sustainable features or do you aspire to such a thing if you don't already? Uh, yes, absolutely. I would love to own a house. Uh, right now I rent a, and work from a one bedroom apartment that I live in with two other people. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you could put that on your, you know, your to-do list because you're, you're learning everything you would need to know. For, exactly. For yeah. Um, what else, John, do you think we, uh, I, um, we need to know? You might, I read something on the website about, um, I guess it's sort of, um, a facet of the Nessie, it's called WISE. So it's women in sustainability and energy. Is that is that just like a, an offshoot of Nessie? How does that fit in? Oh, well, I wish that I could take credit for the WISE program series, but that's actually um, a speaker series run by the Building Energy Exchange, which is an organization ah. based in Manhattan. Um, Building Energy, really? it's, a, it's a similar name to our program branding, but it's a separate entity. However, they're um, an organization that we've had promotional partnerships with and that WISE uh -huh. speaker series I was recently invited to participate in. So oh, this is cool. one of your collaborating things. You happened upon it, Dawn. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna look into that a little bit more. And so what are the dates of the Building Energy Conference? The dates of the Building Energy Boston Conference. Uh, the full day programming will be March 28th and 29th. We're going to be at the Western Boston Seaport. And for folks who are around early at the hotel, who are in town, who just want to stop by, we're also having a community happy hour at 5 p.m. on Monday the 27th uh, for folks who are coming in for some of that community building. So if you're around for that, that'd be great too. Awesome. Okay. So listeners, um, you know, we're going to, our goal is to get this out, this, this episode, obviously prior to the conference, but we're talking about the year 2023. So if someone's listening to this in the far future, you guys typically have this conference in the spring, right? So they could just go to your website, look to see what the dates are, you know, any given year. And it's usually at the Westin, is it not in Boston? Yes. For the last several years, um, it has been with the exception of the two years we were virtual because of the right. pandemic. And for people yeah. listening in the future, maybe not as far into the future, but if you come across this in a couple of months, the sister conference to this one is Building Energy NYC, which will be in Manhattan on October 12th. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, cool. Okay. So great. So if people miss this one, they might do that one. Is that larger? Is that, how's that conference different? It's only one day actually. So in terms of time, it's smaller. And because okay. it's in New York, the focus tends to be more towards uh, larger, like multifamily projects, more commercial. Okay. So okay. it, some of the content selects out and people certainly go to both depending on what their interests are. Florence, anything that we didn't ask you that you think, oh, we left out whatever that you that you might want to mention now well given that you suspect that your audience may be largely composed of um, homeowners or people who aren't um, direct building professionals something I just wanted to direct people to is that you if you are looking for uh, vendors or folks to hire or folks to talk to our website also has a business member directory so you can go there and um, search for people with different backgrounds that you might be looking for if you're trying to make a hire. Everyone who's a Nessie member, it's a self-selected group, right? No one's forcing right. you to be a nonprofit member. So they have right. some aspect of their practice that is high performance. Uh, we also have 
Are there links to those organizations there, Florence, or is it just like a list of? Oh, it's links, contact information. Oh, great. Okay. Awesome. I cut you off. You were going to say one other thing, I think. No, that's just fine. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> okay. So I feel like it's a wrap, right? We've I done think our, that's a wrap, Katie. Mm. Sorry, I did a lot of listening because this is all new to me, yeah. basically. So I know and- sustainability only when it comes to fabric. Right. And so, that would be right. all. So that would be all new. To a different me. angle. So, but very good for you know. For I think you know anyone who has a home project. Um, to kind of, I, I think go, go to the trade show. You know, and, yeah, and I think it's it critical. Out. Go to the website, as you said, and look for some some vendors. Um, and just maybe just someone to contact and ask questions. Um, great. Well, Florence, thank well, you thank so much you for Florence. joining us. We appreciate it. That was wonderful. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Okay, have a great conference.